Whether you're starting a game or starting your day, you need to pick a starting lineup, and you're going to want the starter from Jack Black. Loaded with the superior skincare the pros love, Kings fans can get the starter for just $10, shipping included. Available exclusively at GetJackBlack.com with the code TEAMJB, the starter has four of Jack Black's best-selling skincare and shave products, plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm, SPF 25, in natural mint. Here's to the winning combination for 2022, the LA Kings and the starter from Jack Black. $10 plus free shipping, available at GetJackBlack.com with the code TEAMJB while supplies last. You're listening to an LA Kings podcast. For more episodes of this and every other Kings program, visit LAKings.com slash podcast. You're listening to All the Kings Men, the official podcast of the LA Kings. Now, here's your host, Jesse Cohen. Welcome back, Kings fans. I am Jesse Cohen. This is All the Kings Men. If my calculations are correct, we are about two weeks away from rookie camp and three weeks away from training camp. Hockey is almost back, you guys. Not yet, but almost. I personally can't wait. Including this episode, there are four episodes left in this season of All the Kings Men. The new season begins on September 15th. We've got some irons in the fire, some plans in motion, some changes that have already happened, for example. I moved to El Segundo. I now live about five minutes away from the office, so I'll have more time to spend at work, more time to spend thinking about the Kings, and more time making sure you guys have podcasts to listen to. You should feel great about that. I feel great about that. We've got another behind-the-scenes episode for you today, and this time it's with LA Kings PA announcer Trevor Raybone. All right, we are here for another behind-the-scenes episode, this time with a voice you should all recognize, if not be intimately familiar with, the voice, the PA announcer at Crypto.com Arena, Trevor Raybone. How are you doing today, Trev? I'm doing great, Jesse. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. And of course, Zach Dooley. How are you doing today, Zach? You know, Jesse, when you were given that intro, I assumed that you meant me, you know, a voice that everyone (laughs) would recognize. And I was like, oh, this is the best intro he's ever given me. But it wasn't for me. I'm just the, as always. Yeah. Well, I, uh, usually it's featuring Zach Dooley. Yeah, from saying. his yeah. various countdown hits in Arena pregame. Yeah, I mean, I heard Crypto by Crypto.com Arena. I'm uh, obviously well known. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> obviously, the, the voice of the program here yeah. is, is Trevor Raybone. So we've done uh, Alex Faust, Daryl Evans. Now, Trevor, uh, you are, to the best of my knowledge, the third public announcer for the LA Kings. Although I, I'm, I'm assuming there must have been somebody before David Courtney. Yes. I I believe I'm the fifth okay. total. But I need to get that. Uh, I need to get that checked. We need to fact check that one. Right. But um, David Courtney was PA yeah, emeritus, right? Yeah. And, you know, I'm pretty sure that... Um, I'm pretty sure John Ramsey might have done some games. Um there's somebody else that I'm blanking on right now that was just before Dave Courtney, but I believe there were, I believe it's five. And for those unfamiliar with these names, David Courtney was the PA announcer for the Kings for decades. I mean, he certainly was doing it when I started watching in the eighties and he was with the team up until 2012 when he tragically passed away. At least he got to see the cup win. Um, Dave Joseph took over for Dave Courtney until he departed. And now we've got Trev. Now Trevor before you became the public announcer, is PA announcer, PA announcer feels redundant. Is, isn't the A in PA? I guess public address. Public address, okay, right? So it's yeah, not yeah, redundant. Yeah. All right. So <laughs> before you were the PA announcer, I already knew you because you already worked for the Kings. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the day job working in the video production department. So part of the team that helps put on black and white uh, in the pipeline inside the play. And, you know, just helps put together all the video features that our fans will see uh, sometimes in arena, but more often than not on uh, on the website, on YouTube, uh, social media and things like that. Zach, fair to say that Trevor might be the friendliest person that works for the L.A. Kings? Um, he's not even the friendliest person to do the behind the scenes series. Oh, Daryl Evans, sure, but <laughs> sure, but Trevor might be the second friendliest right. person to work for I the mean, LA high, Kings. High bar behind Daryl. Yeah. I mean, Daryl, Daryl almost doesn't count. Yeah, so Trevor might be the friendliest person yeah. in this office. Um, and not only is Trevor incredibly friendly, but also a bit of a a uh, Swiss Army knife uh, for those listening who don't know how the uh, inside of the office operates, and why would you? 
if anybody has a question about pretty much anything uh, in any department, in any capacity, a really simple fix for any problem is, well, just go ask Trevor. Um, yeah. Does pretty- that ever get annoying? <laughs> <laughs> you know, not not really. It's, you know, it's something that I I kind of pride myself a little bit on, just knowing knowing general information about, about things around the company. Like if it's, if it's basic, like knowledge company wide, then I, I would like to know it that way I'm informed. I don't have to go seek out the answer because I already know. And, you know, just kind of keep, keep that memory bank flowing. Like I, I know like for, for Jesse, you and the podcast and everything, like I know exactly if I have any audio related questions and Hey, I can go just bug Jesse or if I need to talk uh, editorial, anything like that, I can go bug Zach and like, you know, just kind of knowing the ins and outs of the office. I've been here for going on eight years in October now. So I've, I've been through quite, quite a few uh, iterations of uh, structure in the office and quite a few people have come and gone over that time. So it's, it is actually tough to keep track of everything at some point, but, but it's, it's nice to just have all that knowledge to, you know, to work off of. So let's extend past those eight years that you've been with the team. Where did you grow up? So I grew up in Fontana, California. Um, went to Kaiser high school out there in Fontana, lived pretty much my entire, you know, formative years out there in the Illinois empire. Um, went to Cal state Fullerton for college. Um, and, through through that entire time like i was i always had a bit of a love of sports broadcasting in some way or in some way or another um i did some high school football games doing pa announcing for i did some play-by-play for some basketball games too um and then getting off to college um my uh my junior year they had they put out a just an open call for um for PA announcers, uh, for various sports. So I auditioned, got, a got the job there at Cal State Fullerton started with volleyball and softball. And eventually, I mean, over the last, over the next five or so years, I was doing pretty much every sport that they had volleyball, men's, women's basketball, uh, men's, women's soccer, uh, you, you name it, I was doing it. Um, and yeah, then you know, one thing led to another. Got a got a internship, a part time role here with the Kings uh, after after school, and one thing leads to another, and I'm in the seat there after uh, after Dave. So, have you ever seen the movie Zoolander? Oh yeah. So you know how the models just say like Derek Zoolander says, "Oh well, we're just really, really, really ridiculously good looking." <laughs> yeah. Is that how it works for PA announcers, where you just say that <laughs> my voice is really, really, really ridiculously good looking? Is that how they just select you guys? You know, honestly, I have no idea. It's kind of funny you say that because I, whenever I'm going through video clips and I have to go through stuff from in arena, I hate hearing myself. Like, I don't know if it's just a mental thing, but I like, I'm There's no a- worse sound in the, the world than my voice played back. on. <laughs> yeah. My phone. Yeah. It's, it's crazy how that works. Right. But, um, but I've always, I've always enjoyed doing that and being able to being able to like be a part of the arena experience and get to, you know, ride the highs and the lows of the energy in the building, like, even coming to the playoffs last year, like you, you get that Carl Grunstrom goal there in game six and the place is going bananas. And it's, that's when it's like, this is a blast. This is so much fun to do because it, it feels like you're a part of that energy and you're getting to help add to the energy and get people fired up. And it, you know, it's a blast, but as far as, as far as how they select them, I mean, it's gotta be by, uh, by some sort of a voice. So I, I appreciated that, uh, when, uh, when our leadership uh, asked me to, if I would want to do it, uh, do the job full time, but you know, I'm not, I, I kind of hate hearing myself. I, I know there are some people that, you know, I'm not, I'm not the same. It's not the same thing that they've heard the last few years and it's a little different. So um, who knows? I, yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of funny that way that I announce and I don't like hearing myself. Yeah. One of the, things that has fascinated me about these behind the scenes interviews we've done. And for anyone who hasn't heard some of the ones we did a few years ago, we talked to like Dieter and some of the other folks that, that are responsible for running the game ops that it's 
like Dieter, for example, his story is like he wrote in and asked, I think it was the laser or whoever the indoor soccer team was like, can I be your organist when he was like 15 or 16 or something? And they were like, yeah, sure. Come. Why not? And he came and did it and then took a tour, won a contest or something. He wound up working for the Lakers and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, or maybe it was the Dodgers. I don't know. Sorry, Dieter. But the point is he knew from an incredibly early age what he wanted to do. And there's so many people in these jobs that knew exactly what they wanted to do. But you have two completely different jobs within the organization. You're on the video production team, but you're also the PA announcer. Growing up, if you had to have guessed which path you would have followed, like, did you want to be a filmmaker? Did you want to be a PA announcer? Did you have... Because there are people who grow up with dreams of being a PA announcer, which I also confess I don't understand, but... Yeah, I didn't, you know, honestly, I didn't have a dream of being a PA announcer. Um, I always wanted to do something in sports casting, mm-hmm. to, to be honest. I, I always thought it'd be play by play, um, something, something on that kind of little more forward facing, like camera facing role. Um, and that's part of what I went to, what I went to school for broadcast journalism. Um, but you know, over those years in college, I, I found out for myself that I liked being behind the camera a lot more than I liked being in front of it. And I think that's kind of how I really started turning, like steering the ship in that direction where like I can still be involved in like some sort of a sports broadcast while kind of never really being seen, you know, be, be heard, but not seen. So that's kind of how I got into, you know, figuring out that I wanted to be like involved in PA announcing and even thinking back even further than that, when you brought up David Courtney, I grew up, when I grew up, we only had one uh, Fox Sports net at the time. When it was when it was two. <laughs> the good it old was, days when yeah. there was just one Fox Sports net. Yeah, well, there were two, <laughs> yeah. um, it, but um, we didn't have the cable package that had ah, both. Ah, gotcha. So we only had uh, Fox Sports Net West, and it had the Angels, the Kings. I think it had the Lakers at the time. Um so I grew, I grew up, uh, started growing up watching the Kings and watching the angels and I would go to games and I would always hear that familiar voice of Dave Courtney incredible. And like, every time I heard him, I was like, this, this is just like another thing that brings you into this, like experience of kind of being home, right. Of you always know, you always know you're going to have that familiar voice. It's just he he was the best I, and i'm so i'm so bummed that i never had the chance to meet him but just listening to him over the years and when he got into doing clipper games and you know everything that that dave courtney did like it it was always that familiar voice and it, he was so good at his job and that hearing him especially through the 2012 cup run when uh when i was losing my mind uh, being a Kings fan growing up too. Um, it's, it's, he's really somebody that I like looked up to, even though I never got a chance to meet him and be like, if, if I can, if I can be as good as Dave Courtney, I know that I've like done my job. So not being able to meet him, but then learning from Dave Joseph and Dave brought down all those, all those teachings from Dave Courtney. Like he, he had the same, the same score sheet. He had a bunch of notes that got passed down to him. And then he started passing them down to me. Like it, it's so cool to, even though it wasn't firsthand, it's secondhand. It, like it was so cool to just learn how he did everything and, and try and, you know, utilize those notes and everything into how I'm, trying to call games just you know it's a little different if you look at when you get into sports you kind of realize how integrated different people are into behind the scenes you know workings Um, when you go to a game as a fan you don't realize that the PA announcer isn't just sitting there talking or that the broadcasters on the air aren't just sitting there talking like how much work and preparation and time do you have to put into that pregame preparation for doing PA as opposed to just out getting on the mic and having to sound good when you're talking. You know, it's, 
it's not as much as a play-by-play um, as somebody doing play-by-play. So like Alex or Nick or, you know, Jim or Daryl would have to do. Um, in general, it's it's a lot of getting pronunciations right, knowing who's in the lineup, who's out of the lineup. So I can keep all of my notes straight. And it's um, it's a lot of keeping the stats correct. So when somebody scores, it's what goal is this for them of the season? Like just getting all that stuff right, knowing who's coming up on a milestones. Like Alex Edler had his hundredth goal last year, knowing that he was sitting on 99. The next one he has is going to be 100 and kind of being that, that uh, record keeper for everybody on the game entertainment, the arena side to be able to, to know like, okay, Edler just scored and I can talk back to the control room and the producers, everybody saying that's a hundred, that's a hundred. So we can focus on those, on those items. Play by play guys have to do so much more. They have to fill all the dead, the dead air time. But for me, there's, it's a lot of just reading the script. You know, I'll have to go off script every once in a while with uh, doing a few reads or, you know, intermission games, things like that. But, um, Definitely not as much as, as Alex has to do. And I know he puts in quite a bit of work. For me, it's a, it's a couple hours. You're going to LAKingsInsider.com for your stats lineup information, right? 100%. <laughs> okay, okay, good. Just making it's, sure. It's funny you say that because I'll watch the line rushes on, uh, live during warmups and I'll write them down myself. But then I'll wait for your tweet to come out to just be like, okay, I saw, I saw it right. It's verified by by Zach Dooley here. So great, I've got verified I've got my lines. indeed, Ver- verified <laughs> ah, with, a check mark, with a check mark. The whole thing. I do the same thing during the pregame show. I'm in the booth doing our pre-recorded duly noted segment during warmups. So I'm also watching. But then when we come back from break, I'm just reading your tweet. Um, you mentioned the script though trevor and that was the part that you know as i worked in this industry longer and realized some of the stuff that i didn't know i didn't know the fact that there's a script that blew my mind the first time i learned that so let's just walk through what time do you show up at crypto.com for it let's say a regular day game starts at 7 30 p.m what time are you showing up I'll be at the arena by about 3.45. We'll do our production meeting at 4.30. Is that in-game production meeting or yep. your video production in, meeting? In-game production okay. meeting. All of our uh, video production meeting, we would have done that here mm. uh, morning of. Get that out of the way early. Um, But yeah, I'll get there about 4.30. Um, who's, who's running that first meeting? So. That'll be um, our vice president of you know live events, game entertainment. It's Sean Tabler. Um, along with uh, Katie Dashala, um, they'll they'll run through literally everything going on in the game. What we're what videos we're running in, uh, what videos we're running before the game in warmups, before warmups even start. What we run in between warmups and uh, puck drop. What runs for the opening video. What runs for the second and first intermission, second intermission, so on and so forth. And through every single timeout, everything is programmed throughout the throughout the entire game. And there's there's a lot of things that we have to hit because we have those like sponsor contractual obligation things. But then there's there's times where we have to fill different areas with you know Bailey doing a skit or um, what have you. You know, um, so we have to go through pretty much everything uh, that's going on in the game, and then we'll rehearse the major points. The entire intro sequence going from the intro video through uh, players coming out onto the ice, starting lineup, um, hero and anthem. And then we we always want to have the intro sequence down and then we'll go through like, all right, here's our first or coming out for the second period uh, intro video or coming out for the third period video and getting the timing of everything down. So we try to not have as many or any surprises when, uh, when everything comes up in, in real time with the game. One of the things, um, that I used to, I used to do a lot of pre apologizing on the interest of the episodes and say like, Hey, there's an audio issue here. We couldn't, you know, da da da. And a friend of mine, actually the Royal half, I can say who it was. Um, he used to say like, ah, don't do that. You know, like when I'm listening, it makes it sound like you're apologizing for a subpar product. And I'd always say, I don't agree. I think it's just full disclosure. Like, this is what happens. Having said that, 
we had a ton of turnover inside this company over the last two or three years. And another thing I've learned working here is how much importance there is in institutional knowledge, right? People that have just been here and done these things time and time again. And we are, like I said, we've got a lot of people who are new at jobs, a lot of people who are working with new people in new relationships a lot of the time. How beneficial is it to you in your role as PA announcer that you know, for example, you know, the the video bits that are get filmed at the, you know, in September that are playing in March and April. Like you have some of that institutional knowledge in you, even though maybe you're not as experienced in this role as you are in the other one. It, it's funny you mentioned that because we'll that come that came up quite frequently last year in our uh, in our rehearsals. We would run through things and check that we have video elements and things available, and something may not have gotten to the control room at Crypto dot com Arena. So I could immediately jump on my computer right there and then send it over real quick because I kind of have that that double knowledge of our team's usually producing the video content that's going to come over here anyway. Um, but just in terms of, you know, institutional knowledge of, of everything there, there still are so many people that have been here for a long time. Our senior vice president, Mike Altieri, um, you know, Rob Koch in uh, public relations has been here a while now. There's, there's a lot of people that, that have been here before the pandemic through the pandemic and are still here that now that we're honestly, I feel like this year coming up is going to be our first really normal year. Like we're back to what it was in 1920 before the world shut down. Um, that, you know, having, having those people and knowing who was here beforehand, it's really nice to be able to lean on everybody. And, you know, even people lean on me for, uh, for how things are going to work when we, you know, if we reopen the, the locker room for player interviews after like a lot of our production team has never been in that environment. It's all been, you know, they come up to the podium now, you got to stay so far away but it's completely different going into the locker room and holding the mic up to their face, you know? So just knowing, knowing how all of that works and what the, the logistics of everything is, it's, it's nice that we do still have a lot of holdover, both, both of you included, um, to be able to, to get us through, uh, to kind of bridge that gap from everybody that came on during the pandemic season and last year as well to, you know, push us back to a normal setting. You mentioned the pandemic, and I think that's an important thing to ask you about when it comes to your PA, because your first year PA was to an empty building during the pandemic. Last year, very different. It was a full building. What were the differences other than, you know, you said you could feel the energy in the playoffs. Obviously, that's a difference. But what, what were the differences doing it during the bubble year versus doing it last year? the the bubble year was so creepy like, <laughs> yeah, it yeah. was it <laughs> was it was creepy in that building there was just i could walk around the concourse and i wouldn't see a soul like and we're about to have a hockey game in 10 minutes like it's it's so creepy and being downstairs where i was uh for the pandemic season they had me sitting in where the nba broadcasters normally would at the top of the 100 level kind of center ice and I'm just in a, I'm in like a glass plexiglass cubicle there and there's nobody around except for like one security guard that's three sections over. And it's, it's so, it was so creepy. Like I, I never want to do that again. I did, I did a few soccer games too that year. And I, I mean the piped in audio and oh, it's it's not for me. I If I never have to hear that ever again, that will be great. What really wigged me out about the piped-in audio was uh, late in the season when they started letting some fans in. And it was like, I don't know, maybe 5,000 people or something like that. Mm-hmm. But they were still doing the piped-in audio. That, for me, was the real – because you had the authentic, genuine crowd trying to get into it. But then deferring to the piped-in noise and it just was – audio valley of the dolls it's so funny like 
I, cause I remember that too. And that first game back, it was Anaheim, mm-hmm. uh, was the first game with fans back. And you could tell that maybe the, you know, four or 5,000 people, people, I think it was less, like they were getting just as loud as some normal regular season fully attended games were because everyone was so happy that they're just back in the building. They're able to see, they're able to see live hockey, do something at least somewhat normal again and yeah the the difference between this like piped in audio where you know you ring one ring a shot off the post and then you get you get an ooh or an ah like (laughs) you know like two seconds later rather than it immediately happening and you have that just natural energy building up man it was it was so creepy. I, I I did not like it one bit. I'm not sure that I've ever told this story, but now seems like probably the only opportunity to tell it. Uh, I was doing the pregame show. Nick and Daryl would not be in the booth, but I would. And then when the game would start, I would leave the booth so that they could come in with their plexiglass separators. And I had a little table set up in the, in the uh, aisle for section 317, a little folding table. Or no, that's not. That's where I did the show from, excuse me, from the folding table in the aisle. Um, and then when the game would start, I would just go sit in section 317. There's like five seats in from the aisle by myself alone in the <laughs> upper bowl. <laughs> and it felt, and then like, I don't know, four or five games into the season, a crypto security person came and, and like tapped me on the shoulder and was like, sir, what are you doing? <laughs> and I was like, I'm watching the game. And they're like, you can't be here, sir. And I was like, well, no, that's my, and I gestured to the table five feet away from me. And I was like, that's my workstation. They're like, well, you need to stay at your workstation then. And I was like, what are you even talking about? And they're like, sorry, that's protocol. And I'm like, there's not another human being within hundreds of yards of me. I'm in a giant open. But I had to go sit at my table instead of sitting in section 317 by myself. So the attendance was actually one. That's right. For the first five games <laughs> of right. the year, not yeah. zero. Wow. Change up, the figures. Update, update yeah. the box score. But yeah, it was just me by myself having my own, uh, having my own thing. All right. So let's get back to, uh, to Griffith. So you come to the, come to the arena, you go through the meeting. I've heard the rehearsals when you do the meeting, then rehearsals. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We'll do, we'll do the meeting. We'll go over everything. If anybody has any questions on, we'll get the script Mm -hmm. earlier in the day, if not the, the day or night before to be able to go, go through and look at anything. I, I like to go through the hero of the game and some of those larger moments and, you know, make sure some of the, some of the scripts for the hero of the game, they can get a little long because they're, they're so decorated that I want to make sure I get it right. Like it's, that's the one thing I like, I try to not do as much as possible is get something like that wrong. So those are the moments that I'll really like make sure to take time and look through, okay, who's doing the anthem, who's doing the hero, who's on the countdown show, so on and so forth. All these things that are changing game to game. And then if I have any questions, I can go ask them that in the meeting. Or if I need a pronunciation, I can shoot a message over to our, uh, to our department that handles it and, and all that. Um, but yeah, we'll do the, we'll do the meeting. Then we'll do the rehearsal, get through all the rehearsal and then, uh, have a little breakdown for dinner and then come up, be ready for warmups and bring the team out. What's the biggest mistake that you've made? You said like, you know, you don't want to mess things up. We all don't want to, we've all done it. What's like the biggest one that you've made live? That's a, that's a good question. I try and block them out from my memory as much as I can possibly do. Um, oh man. I, to be honest, I don't think I've made any, I don't remember making any large, I know, knock on, knock on wood, large errors here with, (laughs) with the Kings. When I was doing, when I was doing softball at Cal State Fullerton, there was where uh, Fullerton was playing Long Beach State and the shortstop for Long Beach State um, had a had a last name that was about eight syllables long. And it was <laughs> it. I mean, it was um, it was like Pacific Islander last name. So a lot of a lot of accent through it. And man, the first time the first two times through the lineup. And I practiced this one name for a solid like 30, 45 minutes because I knew like oh, this is going to trip me up. The first two times through the lineup, I absolutely butchered it. And I was, 
I was so embarrassed. Like, and by the third, by the third time coming through the lineup, I got it right. And I think, I think it might've been her dad or an uncle or some, it was a family member in the stands <laughs> stood up and looked back towards the press box and started, started like, <laughs> clapping back at me. I took my cap. I was so embarrassed, man. Like that's, it is the worst possible thing to me to, uh, to get like, to get somebody's name wrong. Like it's, it goes in that, like you have one job, man, yeah. like kind of. Yeah kind of situation. So that's, uh, that's where I've started really kind of, we're, we're kind of starting to lead the charge a little bit in standardizing every team, having some sort of pronunciation guide available. You'd be surprised how many NHL teams don't have any sort of pronunciation guide available. It's just now occurring to me that Trevor might not have access to the NHL media site that you and I do. Oh, I do. Okay, but there's a pronunciation guide in there. And it is hilariously wrong. Oh, okay. <laughs> a great <laughs> many times. There is a league-wide. Um, yeah. There yeah. is a league-wide pronunciation guide, but uh, Tobias Bjornfoot mm. in the league Uh-oh. pronunciation guide is listed as Tobias Bjornfoot. Mm. And it's way off. It's not even close. And there's a few guys that are that are like that. So we, we there's a there's actually a uh, a PA announcer uh, Facebook group across the league. I think there's about 26 of us now that are that are in this group, and we all we all share notes, and each of us records our own our own roster and how like how we know how to print how to pronounce it. And our uh, my counterpart in Pittsburgh actually maintains this site for us that I can go through. Like Minnesota comes to town, great. I can listen to Minnesota's PA announcer announce every single one of their guys, and that it's. I mean, it's such a nice tool uh, to have at our disposal because yeah, the, the league pronunciation guide for as nice as it is is you know it's not. Not 100% all the time. Want to go ahead and give that one a shot for me? Nope. <laughs> Holgawax. Yeah. Played for I, the Barracuda. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the Sharks, so yeah. I, my AHL experience. Yeah. <laughs> Jaden Holgawax. Uh, so one of the other things that I did not realize, but that I learned as a result of uh, talking to your predecessors and other people who work in and around the team is that you're wearing ear, an earpiece the whole time and probably have as many as, what, a dozen voices going on at any one point in time? Oh yeah, I'll hear I'll hear multiple producers from the game entertainment side. I can hear three or four people in the control room, either you know our technical director, our director um, running uh, anybody running some of the systems up there. Um, I'll, I can hear Dieter, Vic, one um, any of our stage managers running around. So it's they give me a two a. Uh, two set uh, left and right headphone piece, but I always kick the kick one side off because I need to be able to just like hear the hear the crowd and hear all of that. Like it, it gets to be too much at times, but it, it's coming from a you know mid major college at Fullerton where I'm not. I just have somebody sitting a few feet away from me to, you know, going to do some games in Ontario when I was filling in for Dave when, you know, both teams would play on the same night. I'd do the Ontario game a little bit more in Ontario and then starting to do the Kings games. I'm like, whoa, there, there, are, there are a lot of people on this channel and I need to learn how to tune it out. Can't even fathom like asking a question after the game with people talk. Like I can't even, I couldn't even think I would have the most word vomit of all time it'd be awful occasionally when i'm on when i get the chance to well you've done the intermission uh, on tv right and you've got the earpiece in no and, never given me the earpiece oh, okay so they probably figure like this guy cannot handle this like, let's let him i don't know <laughs> i don't know how patrick does it because like occasionally when my earpiece doesn't fall out halfway through my segment yeah. like you've got the producer and that's just one voice like literally counting down and screaming at you faster, faster, faster to like get out before the before it's time for the commercial to take off. So you know, let's. I mean, we don't have to go through and and dissect the entire operation, but you said there's control room, yep, 
stage managers and those are the people who are like following Mikey Alexander around or Kayla around, you know, yep. with the mic helping them out. Yep. You've got officials, right? The league officials talking to you. Yep. The off ice officials right. have have a headset. So that's how we actually communicate goals and larger events. If mm-hmm. there's a like if there's a glut of penalties, like you get four or five at one time. A lot of the times the referee won't turn his mic on. He'll just communicate it to the timekeeper uh, right there, uh, right there at the table. And now because of, because of how everything changed from the bubble season, they've moved all PA announcers up from ice level. There were already a few teams that didn't have them at ice level. They were already up in the rafters. Vancouver, I know, is one, but now everybody's up out off from ice level. So there's it's that system now of the off ice guys are having to relay information that we could have normally just got like like yelled into our ear from the timekeeper or one of the off ice officials sitting at the table. Um yeah, so that's another person in there that it, now it it's I had about ten or eleven games down there at ice level last year before the the edict came down from the league to go to go upstairs. Now stage managers, there's definitely one for Mikey. Yep. I'm assuming there's one for Bailey. Yep. Is there a, a roving, you know, freelance stage manager? Oh yeah. There's um if you think of all the stuff that we do in TV timeouts, different giveaways, um, getting people to do the intermission games, things like that, there's, I mean, we have five or six uh, stage managers at at least going around with whether it's Mikey, Kayla, Bailey, and, I mean, anybody you can think of, they're going around uh, when we have the drum line sometimes, when we have... Um, all these different elements that's there's a there's a lot of people moving around that building do you have any uh voices in your ear from bally or from you know tsn or espn if they're televising luckily no i don't but our producer does so um so katie's been producing the games and you know calling what's coming up next all right go ahead with this read so on and so forth and cueing our stage managers with where to be and when they're coming on camera she'll have um she'll have hoover uh hoover dorfman from our bally broadcast their producer uh talking to her if there's something that they need to uh to communicate up so there are times where bally will want to take the we'll want to take the anthem or take the intros things like that and then we'll wait for we'll have a general sense of our timing but then it's tv and uh, and bally that will kind of count us into things so you know if we have like a moment of silence read that they want to that they want to cover live or anything like that we'll we'll uh, wait for their calls so that it's not only in arena but it's the TV broadcast that's able to catch everything too. I've always been curious about this. Who decides how long the moment of silence is? Not me. It's a great question. It's a great question. You know, it's, I've always wondered. Like, yeah. you, know, how do you it's, know, it's yeah. it's kind of a feel thing to be honest, because you don't want it to be too short, right? But mm-hmm. you don't want it to just sit there and everybody starts looking at their well, watch. Well, and the longer you know? it goes, the more likely some Yahoo and, you know, section 320, my section is going to scream out, you know, Dallas sucks or something, right? Like mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's it's honestly kind of a feel thing. Like we we talk about it a little bit beforehand and you know, if it's if it's somebody like monumental from the league, we'll probably hold it a little while longer. Like um or if it's somebody from, you know, LA like when when Kobe passed, like that one's going to, that one's going to last quite a bit because, you know, it's, it is a heavy moment for the city or the organization. Like it really is kind of a feel thing based on who it is. You say a lot of things during the game. (laughs) Too many. As we've established. Uh, What is your favorite thing to say on the mic? And if you can answer it without angering any one of our corporate partners, what is your least favorite thing to say during the game? Um, my, honestly, my favorite, my favorite thing is starting lineups. I love doing starting lineups and that's carried over from, from college when I was doing basketball to, to now, like it's always been my favorite thing. It's the, it's the first thing to get you, to get you fired up for the game that's about to happen. And, um, and I love I love doing that. I'd say my second favorite is 
is getting to call a king shutout because I'll add a little bit of emphasis into into the final score. So I'd say something like LA Kings four, Anaheim nothing, and kind of lay it on a little thick on that. So that's fun. Um, nothing has such a more powerful impact than zero. Yeah, oh yeah. Sure. Like, it's so oh, much yeah. more powerful. Yeah. And, and you know, at the, at the end of the game, it's, you know, you can, you can kind of get away with saying that like the game's over. Nope. You, you got bageled. It's, it, you know, that's, that's just what it is. Um, those are my favorite things to say. I'd, I think my, I think my least favorite thing to have to say are visitor goals. Honestly, Good I mean, answer. if that's the, the stock answer, but, um, and I, and I try and get th- through those things as fast as I can. Like, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. And we're out. Great. Get it, get it done in in six or seven seconds. And great. Nobody wants to hear it, the but I have to do it. enthusiasm gap between high King's goals and visitor goals from, from your announcement is hysterical. <laughs> it, it's, it's high, yeah. large, large gap in between the two. And that's on purpose. Like it's, it's a King's game. Like we're, you know, it's, it's our home stadium. You know, we're, we're here to root on the Kings. Yeah. There's going to be some fans of the other team there, but you know, you bought, you got tickets to a King's game. So let's root for, let's root for our team. Professional sports franchises more and more as social media and media in general expands. They've become, you know, on the one hand, right, we have a brand guide. We have a brand Bible. The logo has to be preserved, right? You know, the word mark has to be like there are some elements that are just they have to be just so and we're very protective of them. But then there are things like the way you call a game or the podcast, or the articles that Zach writes, or even Jim and Alex's call, right? There are these elements of the production that require personality from individuals that can't be micromanaged, right? First of all, it's impossible. And second of all, it would become unconsumable if it was. So how much feedback did you get before you started? And have you gotten since you started on preferences for, you know, how enthusiastic you are, phrasing you use stuff like that um honestly it's it's something that i kind of have a about a monthly check-in or so with mike altieri and you know i just go i i'll set up time with them go to the office and just be like hey what 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 have you thought of like this month is there anything that you've heard that sh- that you guys have liked is there something that you didn't like as much something i can change and you know just I'm, I'm not beholden to anything. I, it's funny you bring up brand though, because we do stick to, we do stick to LA Kings Mm -hmm. as a brand now moving forward. I know for the longest time we were Los Angeles Kings and that's, you know, it's just a, it's a brand departure for the entire organization is that, you know, we are in Los Angeles. Our brand is LA Kings. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a little, that's been a little difficult of a change, but um, it is, it is something where I'll, I'll check in and be like, like, or even clip off some moments from, from a game and just like ask for feedback. Like what, what did, what did one person think of it? What is our, our game of our game entertainment and events team think of X and Y and, you know, just kind of being a sponge and open to feedback and, you know, it's, it's nothing that's, if, if they give me any hurt or feedbacks, it's not going to hurt my feelings. Like, you know, I'm it's, this is only gonna be my third year on the job and I'm still learning. Like it's, it's nothing that I want to say that I know the ins and outs of absolutely everything. And, you know, there's a lot of stuff that I was able to pick up from, um, from Dave Joseph as he was, was teaching me. And, you know, as I was filling in for him and those few games in Ontario. Um, but you know, I think it's, it's kind of the same in the, with my job in the video production world, like we're always open to feedback of doing things differently of, you know, if, if something kind of falls flat, then, you know, we tried it. We'll, and didn't work. We'll change it up next time. So I'm glad you brought up the LA Los Angeles thing, because as both of you know, I am prone to having strong opinions about seemingly unimportant topics. <laughs> no, this is one, no, you No, this is one, this is one that I honestly don't care at all about. And yet I am fascinated by how much there are people who passionately care. Like passionately, passionately. And yet, given how much they care, the fact that some of them have not, and I don't mean to be poking fun at anybody who's listening, but there have been people who in the last 12 months have come up to me and said, 
why is it why don't they say Los Angeles Kings goal anymore? And I go like, it's they haven't said that in six years or five years or however long it's been. Like, I don't know what to tell you. Like, the decision was made and that's how we're doing it now. And but they're all of a sudden they're very angry about something that changed quite a while ago. Yeah, and you know it's especially in a job like this. I've like. I've learned very quickly to, you know, block, block some stuff out. Like you, you kind of have to, right. Yeah. There's, there's always going to, there are always going to be people for me that, you know, I'm, I'm not Dave Courtney. I'm not Dave Joseph. Like I, Your I know not that. Even Dave. My name isn't Dave. That's weird. Why'd they even hire you? Yeah. I, that's thought, a great question. I thought we only hired Dave. That's uh, a great question. Is your middle name Dave? No. Oh, jeez. No. Would you be cool going by that's Dave? That's right. Dave, yeah. Rebecca, Dave Rebo. Uh, depends on the paycheck. <laughs> yeah. Let me yeah, know. Yeah. Check, checks in the mail, right? Jules. Um, but yeah, it's it it's something that that personally I I don't care too much about. I mean, L.A. is Los Angeles. Yeah. I mean, there aren't any other cities. There aren't any other cities in like the country that really go by like New York doesn't go by N.Y. New Orleans doesn't go by N.O. Like S. Like San Francisco detests right. S.F. Um, but L.A. has always been a thing in this city. Like, I it's, guess OKC. Kind of, but that's just okay, since the basketball yeah, team yeah. showed up. Yeah, it's actually yeah. a great point. I've never thought about like, like the Yankees go by NY, but that's because there's all there's two uses. But like New York, I'm from there. No one calls it NY. No. Call New York, like yeah, yeah, no one or like the city, but like no one calls it NY, but everyone calls it LA. Mm-hmm. And that's cool. And if you're if you're using if you're using it like in a local you know colloquial sense, it's you're you're saying yeah I'm going into L.A. today like or right. if you're if you're in the Inland Empire yeah I'm I'm taking a trip to L.A. or um, anything like that. You know? I grew up in Long Beach, and when I would go see my family in Canada, and I would meet people for the first time, they say where are you from? I wasn't going to go through the dance of like Long Beach, California, the city twenty miles south. Of, I'd just say <laughs> L.A. Or it wasn't Los Angeles. It was. LA. But anyway, yeah. that's just one of those things that I. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so let's uh, quickly dip into the video production element of your job because, and I, you feel free to tell me to edit this out if I'm spilling state secrets, but like, for example, we had a production meeting yesterday. That's, before I get into this, I want, I really wish sometimes that fans could understand just how massively complex sometimes the comp, the company can be. And how much pre-planning. So we had a production meeting yesterday. We're going over all the upcoming things on the calendar, all the things we need to pre-plan for, think about, just save ourselves a lot of hassle and time. And we're we're the Frozen Fury game is coming up in Salt Lake City. And you pointed out that if this is going to be an event that moves forward, we should pre-shoot a bunch of footage so that in future seasons we will have that available that kind of pre-planning constantly blows my mind of like, we're not thinking weeks ahead. We're not thinking months ahead. We're frequently thinking years ahead, um, which is not the same scale of preparation for PA announcing, but it's not a totally dissimilar process. Yeah. So uh, best, best example that I can come up with, like right off the top of my head is thinking about our 5k run. Mm-hmm. we are going to cover it from a video perspective. We're going to cover this year's run. And, you know, we could, we could put out a recap, um, uh, you know, here's, here's what happened at the 5k. Here's the sights and sounds. Yeah, this is a cool thing. But then the 5k isn't going to happen for another year. So this it's, it's making all of these events and thinking super future based. Like we've done the 5k for years. We're going to keep doing the 5k. It's not something that's going to go away. So how do we shoot it creatively that we can package this together for next year when we put signups out on sale and, you know, get the ball rolling for all of that. And now we have all this, like we have all this footage of here's people running, here's medals given out, here's Daryl Evans up on stage, getting everybody to stretch. And, you know, here's, Here's everybody from our sales team to Alex Faust to, you know, you like you name them. They're out there involved in this community event. And, you know, it's it's always having that that future forward kind of mindset, especially when it comes to when it comes to video. Yeah, black and white. Our series is a little more like it's a little more past based. 
because we're talking about the team, right? We're, that's our, that's our mechanism to really dive into how this team is doing. Let's learn about some of these characters on the team and, you know, get, get our fans to know them a little bit better. But we do have a lot of things that we need to think about. Okay. What's the, like, what are we going to do promotion wise? Um, we will have the rookie tournament in San Jose coming up, um, in the not too, not too distant future in a couple of weeks. And we'll have a lot of players that will want to feature for in the pipeline. So, you know, we could be shooting in September for something that we may not use until March, but, but that's also part of kind of what, um, kind of what our department thinks and our senior editor, Phil Radke, he, he, he always puts it so like eloquently that we are first and foremost, like almost team historians, of, you know, capturing all these things that we're able to show. We have footage from the 2012 cup run and we have footage from the miracle on Manchester and we have stuff from, you know, when the inception of the team way back, we have all of this just giant archive of footage that we can dive into and use for, you know, you name it is if, whether it's a, you know, marketing campaign, intro videos in arena, we have all of this stuff that, you know, we, we've got to think what's the benefit for the future for us with a lot of the stuff that we capture video wise. All right. Well, I think we're going to wrap it up there, Trev. A pleasure as always. I mean, I sit, what, 10 feet away from you yeah. in the office, <laughs> but, uh, but good to get you on Mike. And like I said, I really hope it's one of the things that was most eye opening for me when I started working here was just how complicated these things can be. You know, I always use the the metaphor of the of the cruise ship and they always say if you fall overboard on a cruise ship you're cooked because it takes too long to for that thing to turn around and by the time it's turned around to find you like you're gone it's a morbid uh, analogy but but that's why whenever people complain about something i always sort of wince and go like i'm sorry man but we're two years away from even attempting to change whatever it is that you're <laughs> that you're complaining about but trevor is uh, an incredible asset for the company and we appreciate you giving us our time here today thank you so much and you know if you're ever at the top of section 317 that's way up there where i am now so go visit your old stomping grounds and come say hi i'm always up at the top of 317 <laughs> <laughs> all right thanks for listening kings fans we'll talk to you soon